So the big question is this. How do most agents who don't have access to the secrets that the top agents hoard to themselves grow and prosper in today's real estate environment? That is the question, and this podcast will give you the answers. I'm Pat Hyben, and welcome to Real Estate Rockstars. And now, for the review of the day. Hey, I got a new review from rebusuniversity.com, our retoot course. Guys, this is our brand new course on recruiting and retaining. As a new broker owner, I found this course to be an excellent view into what other brands are doing to recruit and retain their agents. It offered me some great tips, gave me a great foundation to start putting my own procedures together. Annabelle Figueredo, congratulations on your recent graduate from the Retoot course. Keep the comments coming, guys. I love them. And remember, I eat feedback for breakfast, so give me a one-star review if you want or a five-star review if you want. I don't care. And the more reviews we get, the better guests we get. So please, subscribe first and then leave us a review or wherever you're listening. All right, rock stars. I got a great guest today. Yes, I got I got somebody who's soon to be famous. I, the dude is famous now. If you've been watching the commercials on Viceland, but uh, he's soon to be famous. This is the the New York City's young. He's the good-looking Marcus Lamonis. Let me just put the, put it that way, right? He, he's he's much smoother, and 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 he has a lot more tact than Marcus. And uh, anyways, uh, I'm excited today because John Henry is on a show. He's a star off of Viceland. He's got a new show out called Hustle, and uh, we're going to learn all about it. And he's also a real estate investor on 17 units. He also has a private equity fund, a $25 million private equity fund that invests in startup businesses, and he loves real estate and uh, loves our show. So I got him to come on, and uh, we're going to get into some deep stuff. So hey, without further ado, John Henry, welcome to Real Estate Rockstars. Hey, brother. Thank you for having me. Hey, uh, John Henry, what, uh, tell everybody a little bit about yourself so uh, they could get to know you better. Yes, absolutely. So just by way of context, and, I, and I'll share it quickly because my, my trajectory is well documented. If, if anyone is interested for like the full length scoop, they can go on YouTube and check out any one of my talks. But in a nutshell, I come from an immigrant family from the Dominican Republic. Uh, my parents you know, worked pretty humble kind of jobs. We grew up below the poverty line, which means both my parents combined didn't make 30000 a year. And that was absolutely transformed. That was very formative for me. That helped. That was really what shaped my lens coming up. And it, it put a massive chip on my shoulder in a great way. We grew up without. And so from a very, very early age, I've been very driven to make a whole lot of something out of a whole lot of nothing, so to speak. And so when I finished high school, I was a doorman. And that is where things changed for me. I often say that opening up doors for people helped open up doors for me because if there's anything I learned from my parents, you know, my mom was a custodian, my pops was a presser and a dry cleaner. Um, so by no means kind of great jobs, but they, they did those jobs with pride. Uh, my pops taught me, hey, the way you do anything is the way you do everything. 
And so working as a doorman, I took immense pride in, in w- greeting folks. And, you know, there begun my, the inception of, you know, relationship building. And to kind of fast track through it, there was one resident in particular who took a, uh, you know, an interest in me and he said, hey, dude, don't settle for being the doorman. You, you know, you could, you could have your own doorman someday. And he taught me the value of time. And he taught me, he said, hey, no matter how many times you open that door, you're not making more than what you make an hour. So he got me to understand that in the realm of entrepreneurship, as I later understood it to be called, you know, you eat what you kill, you go out, you hustle. And this is something that your audience, real estate agents really identify with. And so, yeah, I I left my job. I left school, you know, I dropped out of college and I started what became my first business, which was uh, an an on-demand dry cleaner for film and television productions. Um, which pretty much just means that if you've ever seen Law and Order, Boardwalk Empire, The Wolf of Wall Street, Person of Interest, every single piece of clothing that was on camera came through, ran through my business. We cleaned the wardrobe. And so, you know, for anyone who's thinking, well, how'd you land on that idea? Honestly, it was given to me. That same resident who put me on to the business, he ran a franchise of dry cleaners. So he said, hey, bring, bring convince anyone with clothes, John, convince them and bring them to my dry cleaner. I'll clean them at wholesale rates. You could charge the market rate and you make the spread. And so pretty much he gave me the infrastructure. He didn't hold my hand though. He said, go out and do with it, you know, what you can with it. And you know, that's what I built off of it. So that's what got me started. And um, yep, since then I've been, you know, I was fortunate to build the business. I did sell the company. Um, And since then I've just been advising and investing in different entrepreneurs and businesses. That's crazy. And then how old are you? I'm 26 now. And, and then what, and what year did you, you know, buy that or start that business, that dry cleaning business? How old were I, you then? I was 18. Um, 18. So this was a good eight, eight years ago now for me that I started. And my mentor's words were not lost on me. He said, dude, time, like he got me to understand the value of time. Instead of dicking around and going to the bars on the weekends or the weeknights or, you know, I just became laser focused on this idea that you know you could that you could determine your own hours your own future your own amount of income uh, and that was really enough for me to be you know to motivate me and if you pair that remember earlier i'd mentioned you know, just growing up with that chip on my shoulder you know coming up with so little that entrepreneurship quickly became the vehicle that was going to get me to where i wanted to go yeah and then and then when did you start buying real estate well, so, so interesting story about that. So I sold my business, stepped into a little bit of money and actually quickly squandered that cash. That's a Whoa. common conception about my narrative. People think that I sold the business, I you know, made some money and that I immediately knew what to do with it, but that was not the case at all. In fact, you know, I didn't know what to do with it at all. You know, I, I actually increased you know, my means and, and you know, I increased my quality of life and means, and I actually increased my burn rate. And before I knew it, the money was gone. And I'll never forget when my mom told me, she said, it hit me right in my heart. She said, John, I'm so proud of you for selling, you know, your first business. And she goes, well, what do you have to show for it? Mm. And it crushed me, Pat, because I knew the answer was nothing. And in that moment, I understood, ah, okay, liquidity ebbs and flows. There's going to be periods where you're liquid and there's going to be periods where you're broke. And so I understood the name of the game in that moment. And I said, okay, the next time I have cash, I said, I'm going to, I'm going to focus on building up my cash. 
the next time I have it, I know I'm going to go broke one way or the other. So I'm going to go broke buying shit. Right. <laughs> I settled on. I settled and on if you don't, you'll have assets. So what'd you buy? What was the first thing you bought? So the first thing I bought, I, I did, I had a three unit multifamily in uh, Allentown, Pennsylvania, which is where oh. I buy real estate. Oh, well, wait a minute. So you live in New York City. That's right. You got this sh te television show out of New York City. That's right. But you decide to go to Allentown, Pennsylvania, of all places. What, what happened there? What's up with that? That's right. Allentown is the fastest growing city in Pennsylvania. It's the third most populous. There's a, a, a slew of kind of spending on infrastructure. But interestingly enough, I believe, that, so here's my investment thesis in real estate, okay? Yeah, break it down. I really believe that every primary market, meaning Miami, New York, San Francisco, they have become exorbitantly expensive. They are far too expensive for the average American. And so what sure. happens is people migrate from these, you know, people first flock into the cities. And then once they experience a harsh quality of life, unless you're rich, you know, people settle for neighboring cities outside. And so I believe that within two hours of driving distance from any major market, there are wonderful little cash flow markets. Yes, indeed. And so I set out to find one. And Allentown is an hour and a half from New York City. It's a great up and coming market. And I, to answer your question of what did I buy first? Well, I had this three unit property under contract. And I'll never forget, I uh, actually called in to, to speak with Grant Cardone, whom uh, you know, I'm sure you've uh, come across. Yeah, he came on the show before. Yeah. Okay, awesome. So I said, yo, Grant, I got this deal. And he's like, he's like, and, and, you know, I ran through the numbers. I was like, it's a 28%, you know, ROI, whatever. And he's like, he's like, it's still $10,000, dog. He's like, you got to think bigger, man. And so he taught me, yo, don't buy based on the budget, buy based on the deal. Don't buy on a budget, buy based on the deal. And at that, at that point in time, I couldn't wrap my mind around it. But it made, and I asked myself, if I had a million dollars, so if cash was no obstacle at all, would I buy this or you know, what would I buy? And so right. when I, in my mind, even though I didn't have the money, when I got rid of money as the obstacle, you know, it's principle over precedent, meaning I wanted to find the absolute best deal I could find and then reverse engineer from there. And so I let go of the three unit deal. I had it under contract. I was very close to buying it. I'm talking about, we had our closing date set up and, like, I and, and, and your down payment closing costs were 10 grand. It was that, or was the whole thing ten grand? Um, well, it was a three-unit deal, and um, the the property was one hundred twenty-five thousand dollars. Okay, and I was going to put down twenty-five on it, and um, you know my earnest money was like three and a half thousand, and I mm. lost the money. I, I took that one on the chin. I said, you know what? I don't feel comfortable. Why? But, well, because I really felt like I could go bigger, and. I'm not in this game, Pat, to accumulate a few units, right? Like I really want to get to scale because that's where the magic is in any, in any industry. If you're in media, you don't make money if you're, you know, a small channel, you make money when you're Fox. You know, if you're in venture capital, you make money when you're at scale. If you're in real estate, you make money when you have thousands of units. And mm -hmm. so, you know, I figure I'm 20 something. I want to be at this for the next 60 years. So what'd you, you buy know? instead? So instead, I let that deal go. I yep. found a beautiful 10-unit property. It was right in the heart of downtown, right across the street from the Starbucks, right across the street from a major arena that's down there. And 
Grant Cardone says, yo, buy it 16 units. I didn't give a shit about what he said. I just, I cared about the nugget that he imparted on me. And he said, hey, buy it was valuable. And I looked at this property and I, I inherently felt like it was valuable. I felt like if I had a million dollars, I would buy this. And whereas I didn't feel that with the three unit. How much was it? It was $675,000. The, and that was really the, the start of my that real estate career. Here, here's what I had, right? I had 25K in cash. That was the same down payment that I was going to put towards the three unit. Instead, I put it towards the 10 unit and, you know, I had to raise the rest. So I went through the hurdles of, you know, the banker like, Hey, it's your first time doing this. I don't know if you're, if we're comfortable lending with you. I, I jumped through every hurdle, bank, insurance, inspection. I literally learned just step by step by step, picking up the phone and, you know, pounding my way through it. So here's what it came down to. The bank would loan me half a million dollars on 4.25% interest rate for 25 years. I was like, okay, that's, that's good money. Yeah. Uh, and I needed to come up with 200 grand. I had 25 grand and I said, all right, well, that's a start. And so I just I started pounding pavement, started calling friends. Hey, um, look, dude, I want to build generational wealth. You know, you make money, but you don't have it parked into anything you know, trust me, you know, and at that point, I had already had a reputation for being a businessman. And so little by little $25,000 at a time, I did accumulate a little syndicate of folks. Uh, and we got the deal done. So shortly thereafter, I bought another seven units, which brings me to 17 units. And it has not been a walk in the park, I have lost actually a lot of money on that property all of last year. And we can get into that in a moment, but yeah, and I, and and I, I know it's probably repairs. I mean, whenever you buy those those, you know, and I don't know where Grant gets six, the magical number sixteen, but my experience, you know, you got to go even bigger than that. You know what I mean? Unless you have an apartment building next door, you know, if you're going into a new area, you should. We usually strive to, to go for a hundred units, you know, because oh, really? wow. I've had a couple eighteen units. I had a five unit, and the 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 repairs just kick your ass. I mean, the repairs just overwhelm you and the management, especially yeah. if it's in an area where, you know, people tend to require a lot of management. Exactly. Uh, you know, so, uh, so that's probably what happened, right? That's exactly what happened. And I, I learned these lessons, you know, I'm a deal guy. And so when I closed a deal, I moved on to the next deal. And then I got hit in the face with operating this thing. I yeah, operate right. Building. I, there's a boiler, there's a, you know, roof, <laughs> windows, all the stuff. And so, and you know, with snowing, someone's got to, you know, move that shit. <laughs> really had to learn. Oh, snowing there now. What's up, uh, brokers, uh, team leaders, office managers, and rainmakers of teams? I got a question for you today. What are the two most frustrating things about running a real estate team? The two things that cause you more headaches than anything else. Think about it. The brokers I've talked to have all given me the same answer. Recruiting and retention. If you're in the same boat, if nothing you've tried seems to work, I've got some good news. Your problem finding, recruiting, and retaining high-quality agents are about to be over. I'm launching my new Retoot course, a course that provides an in-depth, first-ever look at the recruiting and retention secrets of the industry's top recruiters. To kick off Retoot's launch, 
I'm offering the course along with two other high value items at a super low price to podcast listeners. Since I'm throwing in two free items with my Retoot Secrets course, I'm going to simply call it my 123 discount package. Okay, so let me talk to you about the 123 discount package. In addition to Retoot, you're going to get a subscription for each of your teammates or anybody in your office to my big profit weekly jackpot emails, which are basically agents from around the world giving advice on how to increase your profit on a daily basis in this business. If your agents put these effective, easy to implement tips to use, their sales and the most importantly, their profits will improve. Plus, I'll provide you with a year's worth of monthly sales meetings, content to have at your sales meeting so you don't have to struggle figuring out what to say to your agents or your team. I'm calling it my lunch and learn sales training series. That's an entire year's worth of sales meetings that you won't have to plan and that your agents are guaranteed to get massive value from. So to recap, purchasing the one, two, three discount package gets you one, my brand new retoot course Two, my big profit agents, weekly jackpot emails for everybody in your office and three, a year's worth of lunch and learn training sessions. If you want this limited time package, act fast and go to hybendigital.com backslash one, two, three. Real easy, hybendigital.com backslash one, two, three. Okay, so tell me about, okay, so now how in the hell did you get picked up by HBO? What was that? What was that? How'd that happen? Well, pretty much I built and established a reputation of just kind of being a deal maker, you know, whether it's in investing in startups. I, I'm a part owner in a dental practice in a cafe. I own part of a media company, hemp company. I own some real estate and I've just been moving and shaking for a long time. And eventually, you know, some folks have advice and some just kind of caught word of, you know, um, this kind of young deal maker. And they thought, you know, it'd be really interesting to kind of package a show around this. And I fell in love with it because I really want to show a transparent and really authentic look at what entrepreneurship looks like, because what it doesn't look like is Shark Tank. And by the way, I love Shark Tank, but the viewer gets the instant gratification of, okay, pitch. And does he get money? Yes or no. But Everything leading up to that pitch is what we focus on. The hardships, you know, slowly building up your staff, you know, closing deals and so forth. And so our show is called Hustle. It is executive produced by Alicia Keys and Marcus Samuelson. And our show really focuses on the uh, authentic experience of being an entrepreneur. So, so you define that. Like, right. So are you saying essentially that, you know, Marcus Lemonis and Barbara Corcoran and these sharks are inauthentic in the sense that, you know, all you're seeing is what happens up front and you're not seeing what happens on the back end or, or like what, explain that a little bit better for me. Yeah, I appreciate that question. Um, it's, it's not to say that Shark Tank is inauthentic. It's more to say um, Shark Tank is to investing what Indiana Jones is to archaeology. Damn. Right? 
it's like, you know, archaeologists are not like Indiana Jones, you know, kind of swinging off shit. And like, <laughs> right. It's a lot, you know. Sensationalized. They've it, sensationalized it, investing. And, and they, you know, they kind of brilliantly, they, they nailed down a format that works really well. I love watching Shark Tank. And as a viewer, you know, you can watch it with your buddies and then you can kind of critique the business. Yeah, sure. You know, my experience about around entrepreneurship, particularly with my first business, you know, this dry cleaner, when I was running my dry cleaner, I would read these headlines in Fast Company, TechCrunch, and, you know, it says, you know, business boy wonder raises $15 million, you know, this and that. And, and I was looking at myself like, oh, my God, am I doing something wrong? Like, why does it look like everyone else has this crazy trajectory? And as I went on, Pat, I realized, wow, actually 98% of people in the market building businesses don't have a trajectory that is reflected in you know the tech crunches and the business insiders and the, the more i went on the more i realized people really resonated with my approach to you know being authentic and showing kind of the ups and downs and so we decided to build a show around it and it airs february 10th so i'm, I'm particularly excited um, to see how the market responds i might be wrong people may not give a shit and say you know what i don't like this i'd rather just focus on you know the instant gratification or maybe if we're lucky this becomes, you know, a, a smashing hit, you know, who knows, it, you know. And so, and so what kind of companies do you go and visit? Take me a little bit about, tell me a little bit about like what happens in a show. You know, we've seen uh, the profit. Is it like that? Do you sit down with these people and, and talk to me a little bit more about like how your style is a little different with the authenticity and, and with telling people the, the, the reality of things? Sure. Yeah. So every biz, so the show is one hour long. Every episode is one hour long. Okay. I work with one business that whole episode. I sit down with them and it's, you know, a classic business turnaround show where I step in and I say, hey, let me understand your business. And after I get a better sense, we call that the deep dive. Then that sets up the whole rest of the episode. And I'll say, hey, look, you got to think bigger. You got to 10X your thinking. Here are the things that I'm going to set you up with some folks and groom your business. And then at the end, there's a big pitch, right? And they might be pitching for a national account. They might be pitching, you know, to, for an investor or to win over some big business. But it, when I say authentic, I love that the viewer gets brought along and you get to see the actual development of the entrepreneur's mindset and of their actual business. And then there's a big payoff at the end. Do they get it? Yes or no? That's up to you guys to find out. But so to give you a sense of the kinds of businesses that we've worked with, similar to my investment fund, we invest in businesses in all kinds of categories. So in, on the show, we have a um, uh, distiller of Puerto Rican moonshine. So we have a micro distillery. We wow. have, we have uh, two women that created the first oil for pubic hair. So we have... What? Yeah, what is that? Oil? That's right. We have cosmetics. We have a distillery. We have a, an apparel company out of the Bronx. We have a lady, a girl who makes jams. She makes jelly. She's kind of like the Ben and Jerry's of jam, and I really like that business. Oh, that's cool. Yeah, so there's all kinds of businesses. I, I think it's really going to be a fun. And then they take that, and, they, and, and rather than saying, you know, John's going to invest in them like exactly. Marcus Limonis does, you're saying, okay, I'm going to get you ready for the real part of businesses, because I know this firsthand. I mean, all success in business, 
being a good businessman or businesswoman is also, you know, there's a lot of crossover with that and being a good salesperson, even the tech people, right? If you didn't think Mark Zuckerberg had to do a lot of selling in his younger days, he had to sell the shit out of that company to get investors to invest with him, to get people yeah. to believe that it was going to be big. You know what I mean? You always got to be selling. So you're, you're taking them to the big pitch. That's right. And the big pitch is like you sit down with them and you say, hey, who's your ideal client? And they go, well, Volvo, of course, or they go head and shoulder shampoo, of course, something way, way out there. And then right. you say, okay, that's, we're going we're gonna to get you an appointment with them. In the meantime, I'm going to teach you how to do it. That's right. And sometimes, and sometimes it was an interesting learning on the show because a lot of business people or agents or whomever, when we sat down with them and they said, hey, look, my ideal scenario is X, and I would actually... I would strongly disagree with them and say, hey, you're thinking that that's where you want to go because of precedent. But in reality, we're in a very modern you know, business environment. And so I'm getting folks to understand how to you know, build their business in a 2019 way. As an example, I'm working with an apparel company on the show and their big goal was to open up more stores. And I said, dude, you're, you're going the direction of companies that are going bankrupt. Right, like these giant retailers have increased their cost structure, and then if they don't have the volume to meet that, like Sears, they go bankrupt. So instead, why don't you focus on you know you think that you know physical real estate is valuable, but in the e-commerce world, digital real estate is just as valuable, right? And so in some cases, it's getting them to rethink what success means. Yeah, like Shopify, right? I mean. Right. You know, Shopify. I mean, if you think you get, you got to think like Shopify instead of think like. A mall. Exactly. Exactly. Because we you see know, what's happening to malls. As a member of the Rockstar Nation, you may have noticed that every guest that comes on the show now is required to bring with them a free tool, an item of utility that real estate agents can use to drastically increase their sales and profits. Some of the things that have been brought have been ebooks forms, reports, negotiating techniques, hiring guides, postcards, checklists, open house secrets, newsletters that are sent out, sphere of influence forms, referral request forms, and the list goes on and on. If you would like to get this free toolbox full of items of utility, simply go to hybendigital.com backslash toolbox. That's hybendigital.com backslash toolbox or simply text Toolbox to 444-999. That's Toolbox to 444-999. And so, Pat, you nailed it. That's the formula. We sit down, we dissect their business, and it's not a I'm going to invest in you or not thing. It's a I'm going to help you grow, take your shit to the next level, and, you know, if they, if they nail it, then that's enough of a reward for me because I love working with founders. Wow. Wow. So let's, let's dial this down to uh, how a real estate agent can benefit from this. And, and obviously, you a lot of what you do is you set them up for, for the big pitch. So what are some advice you could give that you give to the people on the show that real estate agents or real estate brokers can use when they're pitching for, say, a listing appointment, when they're pitching 
for say uh, why an agent should come to work at their brokerage. What, yep. what are some what are some great classic what's some great classic advice you could help us with? So a uh, few things come to mind. Number one, ninety nine point nine 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 percent of agents and and especially those out in the market um, and even the ones who listen to your podcast are not producing enough content for the reality of the marketplace that we're in today, right? We spend 12 to 16 hours a day consuming peer-generated content. This is content that's, that Sally and Joe just make and upload to LinkedIn or Instagram or Facebook. And if the majority of attention is shifted to these digital mediums, if you're not creating three to four pieces of content a day, then you're not creating enough content. So mm -hmm. that's step number one. Right? Okay. What happens is if you can create that content, you start building a reputation around, you know, people have the ability to develop an opinion about who is you that, are. Is that how HBL found you? It's just you were just putting out content on YouTube and just stuff like that. And they're like, who is this dude? You nailed it. I would not have gotten that opportunity if had I not positioned myself. And so for a lot of the agents listening, they're trying to get more business, but you know, they're out there shaking hands and doing direct mailers and that's great. But the majority of clients and the majority, of, you know, just the US population at this point is on these digital mediums. So you need to be creating more content. That's one. Number two is I'm really big on there's riches and niches. Okay. So I'm a giant fan of going super specific. And rather than trying to be the best, you know, single family real estate agent, everyone's doing that. Can you find something different? Can you package up what you're doing in a completely different way? And one example that comes to mind is, you know, I live in Harlem and Harlem is a neighborhood that's gentrifying immensely. And as I started traveling more, because I do quite a bit of speaking, I realized, oh, this challenge is not unique to Harlem. It's happening in Baltimore. It happens in Atlanta. It happens in D.C. And so I got this idea of like, man, I would love if a real estate person addressed a macro trend around, hey, this is how gentrification affects neighborhoods. This is how gentrification affects, you know, neighborhood prices. This is how the kind of new and the old can kind of coexist. And if you had someone that can develop some thought leadership around that, but then their core business is they were an agent, that to me is completely differentiated. That, com that to me is completely fresh. It's new and it's way, you know, more compelling than, hey, I, you know, I know homes. That's your cost of entry, motherfucker. You got to bring something new to the table. You know what I mean? So something one thing. Like instead of being the, the neighborhood expert or, or instead of being the agent that focuses on, you know, one style of person or whatever, you could be something like the gentrification expert. Right. And then you could show, well, the four stages of gentrification are A, B, C, and where you could clearly see we're in stage three of gentrification, which means your property value will blah, blah, blah. Is that what you're saying? That, that's an example. Another example could be, I, I just, I like things that are, lend itself really nicely to conversation. And mm. so one mistake that I, as a founder, make, made, uh, uh, and um, I, I see first-time founders and agents make this mistake a lot, is because you're pigeonholed and you're in your, you're in your industry, you have an overinflated set, uh, an overinflated sense of importance around what you do. Like no one gives a shit that you sell homes. They just really. Don't. Oh, this is interesting. So you, so new agents to generalize, new agents, a, a lot of people starting out new businesses have an overinflated sense of what they do. Okay, let's talk about more more about that. That's right. So you, if you're a new agent, you're starting to sell insurance, you're starting to sell a home, 
you know, it's new to you. So, you, you know, you think it's the coolest thing ever, but it's not new to the market. It's no one gives a shit that you're selling insurance or that you're selling houses or you're selling anything. And so what can, how can you tie your profession into a conversation that's going on in culture that's going on that people naturally want to talk about? If you can tie your profession into some kind of cultural moments or trends or what have you, you're going to develop a very fresh perspective. You're going to develop a very fresh brand and you'll find that people will start coming to you just because they like you. Um, and you know, you'll sell more homes or sell more of anything if you build brand and then the sales come later. That's awesome. I love it. I love it. What else do you tell them specifically? Like you're, they're, they're in the corner of the boxing ring and you're pumping them up to go into quote unquote, the big pitch. That's like right. What kind of advice are you going before you send them back into the ring? That's right. I would, uh, to keep it on the content lane, I would say, yo, LinkedIn, do not sleep on LinkedIn, 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 LinkedIn. LinkedIn is no longer just a destination where you upload your resume and it sits there. You know, Microsoft paid $26 billion for LinkedIn, not because it was some, you know, resume repository. This is the future of the professional climate is moving there. And so if you're an agent, I'm thinking around, okay, who has discretionary income? Well, professionals, upwardly mobile professionals. And where do they spend their time nine to five? Because oftentimes if you're in a corporate environment, you can't go on Facebook. And so these people, nine to five, are spending, I'm sure, three to four hours a day bullshitting around on LinkedIn. If you can create content that resonates well on LinkedIn, I think that you are creating an edge for yourself and just increasing your top of funnel. More people will know about you, will reach out, and it, uh, ultimately will convert to more sales down the road. So if they were in my corner, I'd be jabbing them and say, hey, LinkedIn, you know, content, you know, fresh perspective, keep that in mind, uh, and so on and so forth. No, I like that, dude. I went to a stock sale party on Saturday night in Denver, a company I invested in four years ago, got sold to a Canadian company. And, um, you know, it was a great party. And I, and I met all kinds of other investors and I wanted to stay in touch with them because I want to find out what they're doing after the six months is up, which is at the time we'll be able to sell because it's a public company that bought it. And, um, it, you know, I, I connected with about five of them on LinkedIn, you know, and, and right. they weren't on Facebook. They weren't on Instagram, you know what I mean? So, um, that's right. So that, that was really cool. So, yeah. So to the new agents, Hey, step in, find a lane, build brand awareness around that lane, increase your reputation. And Pat, you, you, you know, you've done a tremendous job at developing a very consistent, you know, forum and platform for yourself. Now look what you have. You have something immensely valuable where, you know, I and, you know, Grant Cardone, whomever will take time out of their day to join you on your platform, right? Because you have developed listeners over time. There is zero reason why anyone listening right now cannot replicate and do the exact same thing in their own lane. Zero, right? And I found a value to that early on. I wanted to speak. No one would hire me. So I created my own meetup and then people came to me. Right? And so I've been a big believer in developing your own platform because that's the advantage that we have and that's uniquely available to this new generation. That's awesome. Well, this is incredible. So tell me about, like, say I want to watch your show. I got to have HBO, right? Well, it's on Viceland, um, which is its own actual uh, cable network. Um, oh, it is? Okay. Uh, but it looks like HBO owns it, right? So it's yeah, on like HBO Go. Yeah, they own a big stake in it. It's kind of confusing. But if you guys want to watch the show, it's every Sunday at 9, starting February 10th. 
Come check it out. It's going to be a great time. And it's on Viceland, the TV show, Sundays at 9. Um, but also, for anyone listening, please do follow me on Instagram. I'm particularly active on there. Uh, also, um, if you follow me on LinkedIn, I would love for you to come and call me out on my bullshit because you know if I'm not producing enough content, you let me know. But I do pump an, an obnoxious amount of content across every medium that you can think of. So please do j- jump in, join the party. We can engage and connect. I respond to every single DM and, and comment and message. That's awesome. And I think I think he's got something with LinkedIn, guys, because everybody's going to Facebook. And LinkedIn, there's less barrier to entry. Now, there is a lot of spam on there. So it's harder to, to get a, some sort of prospecting because there's not a lot of spam on Facebook Messenger, but but if you could be the agent on LinkedIn and the agent who comments on articles about your local housing market and they see right. you over and over again, I think there's a good play there. That's right. And get creative around the conversation you tap into, guys. Remember, no one gives a shit that you sell homes, but what is the com- what conversation can you tap into that you can tie your profession into that people do care about? Because everyone cares a lot about something. Can you create some conversation in that hot space where people care and then funnel them into your profession? That's how you close more business. I love that, John. So, John, as you know, everybody that comes on the show brings a free gift. And uh, what it is is a PDF, the simple, some simple download that people could use in their business, something someone might want to kind of print out and put on their cork board or whatever. What is a free gift uh, that you brought the Rockstar Nation today? Well, my friends, uh, I don't have e-courses or books or anything like that, but I do have a framework that we use at our fund where we lay out the steps to grow a highly scalable business. So if any agent is interested in scaling beyond being a one-person army and kind of developing an infrastructure around yourself, we would be happy to supply that highly scalable framework. Do you have it on a piece of paper or something, or, or can you have? Can you have? Yeah, can I email it to you? What's the best way yeah. to get to you? Yeah, I'll send you an email. You got my email because I sent you an email earlier. That's yeah. right. So I'll send it Just to you. Send it to me. Yeah. It'll be available for download, and you guys can. That'll be awesome. That'll be awesome. And guys, what I'm going to do is I'm going to put that on hybendigital.com, and I'm going to get this right. Hybendigital.com backslash John Henry. It's real easy. Two first names. Hybendigital.com backslash John Henry, J-O-H-N. And I'm also going to put it in the agent success toolbox. So you guys can get that by going to hybendigital.com backslash toolbox or simply texting the word toolbox to 444-999. And here's the cool thing. You, you heard John say he responds to all his DMs. And uh, so this is an opportunity for you guys to, to get to know him before he blows up and, and becomes way, way too famous for you. He's, uh, I'm going to put links to all his social media. I'm going to put all his contact information on there. So if you guys want to reach out and say thanks for the great advice, John, you can. And of course, you could uh, check him out on Viceland. Uh, every Sunday night at nine o'clock. John, this has been a blast, buddy. I wish you the best of luck. And uh, thanks for visiting Real Estate Rockstars today. Thank you for having me on. Looking forward to staying connected. Thank you so much for tuning in to Real Estate Rockstars. If this free content is giving you a ton of value, I want to ask a small favor in return. I need you to pull out your pointing finger and hit the subscribe button. Yes, hit subscribe, please. The more subscribers that we get on Real Estate Rockstars, the better guests are attracted to the shows. We'll get more guests. 
from the top companies, from the top teams, and even more celebrity guests like Robert Kiyosaki and Barbara Corcoran. Also, if you're not a member of our free Facebook group, go to Real Estate Rockstars Radio right on Facebook and join the conversation. I'm on there myself on FaceTime Lives, and we have a lot of communications and questions about the show, and I'd love to see you there. And it's free. People ask me all the time, where am I on social media? I'm real easy to find. Just type in my name. My IG is I am Pat Hyben. It is blowing up on Instagram, adding tons of subscribers. And I'm on there probably twice a day. So definitely follow me on Instagram as well as everywhere else. Thanks again for listening and keep rocking. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.